Today I'm sitting down with former Royal Marine Danny Egan. Now without giving away too much of Danny's story, back in 2001 at the beginning of the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, Danny decided to specialise as a welfare officer within the Royal Marines. Now as I'm sure you can imagine, given the nature of those conflicts over the coming years, Danny gained a lot of experience in all aspects of that job. So when it came time to leave the Royal Marines, it made perfect sense that he took all of that experience and all of that knowledge that he'd gained and transferred it into Civic Street. And that's exactly what he did. Danny is now the Director of Welfare here at RMA, the Royal Marines Charity, and we're very lucky to have him. So in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is that Danny does. And in future episodes, I'm going to sit down with members of Danny's team and really drill down into what it is that they do and the support and the help that it is that they provide for the Royal Marines family. But for now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, our Director of Welfare, Danny Egan. All right, well, Danny... Good morning and welcome to the Charlie Charlie One podcast. Thank you for giving up your morning and coming on to try and educate and enlighten some of our listeners about what it is you do and the important role that you play within the charity. So thank you, mate. I appreciate you coming on. No problem, Mark. Thanks for the invite, pal. Thanks for the invite. Right, now, I think we've got a lot to get through. Um, I try and keep these things to an hour. If they go on longer, so be it. But as always, whenever I speak to anyone on the podcast, I like to delve into a bit about them to start with, talk about their history, um, their career, uh, if they've been in the core, and just introduce them effectively to the listeners to, to let them know who they are, where they're from, and then we lead on to what they do now. So, can we talk a little bit about your past? Yeah, we can, Mark. Just be careful about it. There might there might be some people out there that know me from old, but yeah. <laughs> so, ex bootneck. Yeah. Let's go back to the beginning. We don't have to go into any great detail, but let's just chronologically start from the beginning um, and then work our way through. Okay. Um, so, I joined the Corps in uh, 1982, October 82. Um, uh, a, um, Obviously, at Limson, PRC was shortly before that, right on the back of, of of everyone coming back from the South Atlantic. Training was tough. I think most of my most of my training team didn't go down down south, so they kind of took it out on all of us as recruits. Um, but possibly that's how it felt. Maybe um, went went from training to four two commando uh, M company. Spent my 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 first four four years there. Um, I had great time, really great unit, um, uh, deployed to Northern Ireland during that time. Um, and then f- from there, actually, I went and became a driver, uh, which was a, a bit, bit of a sideways step. I got injured on the pre-mountain training doing and uh, um, rundowns, actually, and and the doctor, oh, you know, I think this could be a classic injury. You might want to rethink where you go. Um, chose to become a driver. Actually, I, I uh, had no problems with injuries after that. I think, had a great time as a driver um, because I, I, I really mixed it up. I was an MSI, I was a service rival coach, so I kind of had the best best of both worlds. I was doing some really uh, good crunchy stuff and 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 actually enjoyed enjoyed the trade too. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to be selected to be be a trial for as a corporal, be a trial for um, other ranks doing um, taking recruits through training. So I was one of the first, other than PWs, to to kind of take take people through training. Oh wow! Okay. So I had uh, uh, three troops of that. It was fab. Probably one of my uh, most satisfying time times in 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 the corps. Actually, um, took uh, I took six 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 troop through training. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the devil's troop. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fab time. I really did enjoy that. I learned a lot about myself. Um, uh, when I was doing that, uh, and 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 certainly, uh, uh, yeah, a, a lot about training, a lot about people. Might have been one of the first things that led me into 
my later career really which um uh, so I kind of went went into to ver- various different roles, various different units. Pretty much served in every unit around the corps, um, and and then uh, in 2001, um, a, a really good friend of mine uh, died from new variant CJD, uh, and I saw the welfare system kick in and 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 support him, uh, and I just I just felt a bit of a calling if I can use that. An, an analogy or that that term, um, and uh, put my hand up to to want to become a, a welfare officer, um, and and uh, got selected uh, and went into that role. And do you know what? I've 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 never looked back. If I'm completely honest, it's it's such a privilege to have been able to support um, Marines, their families, uh, and loved ones, particularly during the time that I did. I started. At my very first day, my very first briefing day um, uh, for specialist welfare was 9-11. I, I, I was down at what, what was HQRM um, uh, um, when, when Twin Towers hit uh, and we were just being briefed on what the role was going to be like. And I remember thinking then, actually, this role is going to be very different. Um, and, and, it, and it absolutely was. It, it was um, but the, probably the most satisfying, but also the most traumatic time of of my career really but, but I then spent 17 years doing that really in in various different roles across different units a lot of time at Fort Lee Commando um, uh, uh, d- d- during the, the, the first first time they went into Afghan first time into Telic um, and, and the um I was the welfare officer of Fort Lee Commando supporting um, uh, the, the whole families the wounded and sick uh, and, and, and of course, the, the bereaved too, which was, um, yeah, it, it immensely, immensely challenging, but also kind of so rewarding to, to think that we could just try and make a little bit of difference. And, um, and that, that's then led me to, to this amazing role in the charity as the Director of Welfare for, for, for um, RMA, the Royal Marines Charity. Uh, qualified social worker because I was supported to do that sort of training as well. So, yeah. Yeah, very lucky. I'm just going to go back a little bit because as somebody, I want to kind of reinforce what you just said. As someone on the receiving end of the welfare system, it is, I I felt, you just said you felt so lucky then. I felt when I was injured, like just thinking about, are my family going to be looked after? You know, I had a young girlfriend at the time. My daughter was two. And I, I say this, you know, when I talk to anybody, whether it's a presentation to recruits, whether it's a, a talk on a stage, whatever, like that immediate intervention. And, and I understand we're very lucky in the core being so family oriented, but that, in, that immediate intervention was phenomenal. Like the, yeah. the stress it took off me when I had other things to focus on was was absolutely world class. And, and it gave me so many things you know the opportunity just to put a lot of stuff to the side because i knew it was getting taken care of by the people and just focus on what i needed to do to, to get better yeah. and it it's it is a, a world-class industry leading thing that i think that that you and the welfare team in the servant and the retired corps do it, it's brilliant yeah I, mark you probably won't remember actually but i, I know gel was gel was your your yes, was. He's, uh, visiting officer and and, and was su- supporting you and and a couple of times I was up at the hospital seeing other people at the time and and came in and saw you a couple of times you you won't even remember that if, I, if I'm completely honest but um yeah yeah um it we we were absolutely as as Royal Marines welfare were, were definitely seen as the uh, uh the kind of sector leading at that point uh, in in the support to our have wounded injured and sick and and of course, sadly, agree. Now, I don't, I don't want to go in a rabbit hole with this, but um, you know, obviously, qualifying two thousand one, and and again, I don't want to spin too many of my own dits, but that's when I passed out of training as well, like four weeks before nine eleven. Yeah. So I think we both kind of sat there and knew it was going to be busy for us both. Yeah. But I mean, the experience you must have gained from the Iraq deployment. The Afghanistan or both of the Afghanistan deployments, as as harsh as it, I imagine it was. Because I, I, I'll be honest, man, I couldn't do your job. It, it would, 
I, I, as for a blow home, I think I'm too emotional. Um, and I know through Jell and, and Bob Toomey and Kerry Lewis and all these guys that it's not an easy thing to do, but you must have gained so much experience and knowledge and, and all that through those years. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's no better person to be sat in your seat now to, to lead this within the Royal Marines charity than from all that experience you've gained. Hey, um, I, no, it's nice of you to say, mate. Uh, the, 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 yeah, the experience was 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 phenomenal. Uh, uh, and um, I think our training was really good, to be honest, um, it, it, and still is really good. So that, that kind of um, gives you the right... Um, informed knowledge to do the work but you're right I think you do have to be a certain person to do it as well and and we were so lucky during those campaigning years and and some of them are still delivering actually uh, some of them are still in service and, de and de delivering that support and those that aren't uh, are kind of in other areas where they'd you know Pete Hawley is, a, is another example he now works for the Navy Families Federation and, and, and is doing some support in that area so yeah, we, we, we had some great people uh, and, and certainly it was a good foundation for me to, to, to step into this role that again, I'm, I'm privileged to do. So when did you finish as a, a Serving Royal Marine working in that area to transition now to the charity? So 2018 um, and, and I, I pretty much um, seamlessly stepped, stepped into the role, um, uh, although it didn't feel seamless at the time. Uh, <laughs> But I, you know, I was leaving a really busy office. I, I was still, I could have stayed a, a, a couple of years longer, but the opportunity came up um, to, to take on this role, and it just, it just felt the right thing. Pretty much like it felt the right thing back when I started in the welfare world. It felt the right thing to, to do this too. So, uh, yeah, two, October two thousand and eighteen, I, I stepped across and began taking over. So pre-merger, pre-merger of RMA and the Royal Marines charity. Um, and, and the team was a little bit disparate in how it was being delivered. Uh, and I saw that as one of my, my primary roles was to try and, try and bring the whole team together and, and focus on what our output was going to be. And that was going to be my next point, you know, the, the, the team behind you that enabled this whole beast to keep on moving. We talked offline earlier. I was asking some questions because I wasn't 100% sure doing my research what the pillars of delivery and the pillars of strength actually meant. So can we talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so uh, ultimately we, you know, we aim to be the, the instinctive place for the Royal Marine Corps family to kind of uh, come to if they need some, some, some kind of support, advice, guidance. Um, and, and what we've now got set up is, is six main pillars within my health and wellbeing uh, delivery team. Uh, which is a grants and benevolence and I won't go into them in too much detail because actually we might do further podcasts with with those yeah. individuals but yeah. um, uh, I've got a, a grants and benevolence team which is my my initial point of referral if you like um, a, a team of three admin worker a manager and, and, and a caseworker and they're overseen by, by my, my kind of policy and and complex case manager um, Primarily, they'll do an initial assessment when, when uh, either a veteran or a or a certain person or, or or a member of our core family present uh, to to ascertain what their needs might be. Uh, and then what we've got the ability to do is within our team reach out to some of the other pillars. It might be really simple support uh, that we can deliver directly from 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 that office, whether it be some financial support advice, um, uh, and maybe a small grant. Um, maybe linking in with another charity, but actually we've then got other pillars within um, our own charity. So we've got an alcohol education support, mental health nurse, Pam Diamond. Yeah, spoken to Pam. Yeah, again, phenomenal knowledge across our core family. And this is a, a thread that runs through my whole team, actually. Passion, profession, uh, professionalism, but real depth of core knowledge. Um, and actually, you know, cut Pam in half, and she's core pillars yeah, yeah. in the middle for sure. Um, so she's she's able to offer advice, support, guidance um, uh, to our uh, veteran community and indeed the serving community, working alongside defence uh, medical services. Uh, but also, really importantly, she does the briefs uh, for for the the command 
So uh, we have um, uh, all, all of the education briefs on on alcohol support and kind of health, healthy drinking. Um, uh, you know, boot mix cannot be uh, they're the best drinkers in some ways and, and the worst drinkers in other ways, as as, as we, we both know, Mark, don't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, really important function that. Uh, then I've got Jim Morris, the transitional support officer. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, typical Royal Marines, first to adapt and understand. Um, uh, back in 2010, there was a, a, a report that came out, the Morrison report, that, that, that actually recognised that the transition from service was when people were at their most vulnerable. Uh, we, we went into that, saw the need. Um, RMA at the time went, OK, let's get the right person to deliver this. Jim was Hasler, Sergeant Major. Um, dealing with probably our most vulnerable Royal Marines at that point anyway, knew lots of them anyway, had been on part of their recovery journey. So the RMA recruited him and he, he does a fantastic job um, uh, kind of walking people through that transition period and making sure that when they do then step outside, because it is different when we leave, as Mark, I'm, 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 I'm sure you'll remember. And I, and, and I you know, still think, blimey, it, it it impacted on me and I was really not expecting that. So, so, so yeah, Jim does a fab job uh, with that. Um, the, we've got an armed forces compensation and pensions advisor, um, primarily there to support the, the more complex cases of, of, our, of our service personnel who, who um, um, are not sure whether they're entitled to a claim or should be entitled to more, whether it be on their pensions or, or on, or on their armed forces compensation. Um, he's absolutely the, the, the man of all knowledge. He used to work for the Royal British Legion, again, a former Royal Marine, but completely understands. He's also good at turning around to people and saying, do you know what, fella? Um, you, you, you got what you got or, or it wasn't service related, so, so you haven't really got a case to answer. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes that's a really useful thing for, for people to hear because it um, it stops them hanging on a, a sense of entitlement. And yeah. Sometimes, some, sometimes it, it, they, they, they've got what they're going to get from it, and fighting the system only ma only makes them feel worse. Actually, so he, he's really good. He's he's had some amazing results for, for, for some of our people in the in the advocacy role, at, particularly at tribunals. Um, then we've got uh, two two other areas that that are quite well linked. Uh, first is the veterans referral plan. Um, and, and this was an initiative set up by my predecessor, Cameron March, um, who, who many of your viewers and listeners will know um, from uh, the, the Trim uh, work that he did. He was the founder of Trim, really, in, in, in the Royal Marines, uh, which has then been taken on by all of our services. Um, and uh, so what we've done is recognising when he set this up back in 2016-17, um, there was a need for... Uh, people were getting stuck in the NHS system and not really getting the therapeutic support that they they wanted or indeed deserved. Um, and this was pre um, what what's called TIL service, which is the NHS transition uh, information liaison service and the and the complex treatment service that they now provide to 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 our veterans. Uh, but pre that, there was pretty not. Uh, there, there wasn't really anything specific for, 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 for our veterans. Um, so what, what we were able to do was make an, an assessment, um, see, see what the needs were, and be able to match a, a therapist, a private therapist who lived locally um, to, to, to the veteran, um, following a, 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 an assessment of need and able to kind of fund that support. Um, that, that's grown since I've, I've been in, in, in post and we do that much more in collaboration now with the NHS and the TIL service. Um, uh, so uh, the first thing that we try and get our veterans to do is, is seek that support through TILs because they will get a proper assessment done at that point um, and they will be able to put in ther therapy um, uh, but there might be a bit of a waiting list or indeed it might not meet the criteria and therefore they'll come back to us on both the waiting list and indeed uh, if it doesn't meet the criteria and we can we can perhaps put some kind of support in. It's not for everybody um, and, and, and actually um, 
uh, we, we, we need to be realistic about the support that we can deliver in the private therapy area because you know our, our health, our, our, our physical health and mental health belongs in the NHS free at point of service um, or free at point of entry. Um, but, at, but at the same time, if, if, if we feel or if I felt that we had a veteran that was not getting the, 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 the treatment that they needed, then then we will absolutely wrap our arms around them and and, and try and get that treatment uh, in place. But they've got to want that as well, Mark. Um, not come to us in in the place where they where they want to get that support either. Actually, yeah. I want to talk a little bit later about um, help seeking behaviours, but um, I really want to talk about at the minute. So is that that's your entire team? Is that every every pillar of the team? I, I think I've covered them all now. Oh, sorry, there's there's one of a probably actually a, a really important one for your viewers and, and and an important one I want to put out there actually, and that's our, our support network, our volunteer support network. Yeah. Um, the majority of them are RMA members. Uh, they I have a mixture of um, uh, males and males and females. Some of them are former former. Uh, Royal Marines, some are partners of and some just kind of get the Royal Marine ethos and have, have, have wanted to volunteer and support. And we do a training course for them, uh, a small three day training course that, that that helps them with some of their communication skills and, and report writing and assessment skills and the types of other services that are out there. Uh, and they are, if you like, our eyes and ears on the ground. Yes. So, so when we have somebody rings the office and needs some some support rather than necessarily, which is our default normally to go out to SAFA, um, Soldier Sailors Air Force Association and ask their volunteer caseworkers to do an assessment. What we can do is in parallel or indeed sometimes on our, uh, on our own is just say, do you know what? I've got a Roman support network worker in the in the region. Perfect for this person. Match them up. And it again, it's that that collegiate um, sense of belonging, wrap around the, the, the course, who cares about me. So yeah, phenomenal uh, group of volunteers, but um, I was due to be doing some more, more recruiting and some more training uh, just before this, this COVID pandemic hit us. Um, so I, as soon as we can get out of this lockdown, I really need to start recruiting some more volunteers and, and, and getting people interested. So, um, and I know there are lots out there who want to do that. We need to be quite selective about those people too, but um, uh, yeah, they're a fantastic asset for us as a as a whole team. Covid's another thing I want to touch on in a minute. Yeah. But whilst we're talking about your team internally, I also want to talk a little bit about, and I spoke to Becky from Employment and Education yesterday, and we, we both chatted about this. You know, the importance of collaborations, working with outside organisations, and just Almanizing just to make sure that whoever it is that needs that help gets that help delivered, you know, getting rid of the ego and he's mine, she's mine, I'm looking after them and doing what's best for them. So you must work with a lot of outside organizations. Yeah, yeah, we we, we do. So we're, we're the first to recognize we are not the experts of everything. Mm -hmm. And whilst, whilst I, we want them to come to our core family, we might not be the best people to deliver the support um, for them. Uh, and some of that might be about ge geography. It might be about the devolved nations, and and you know the support in Scotland is different to Wales, different to England. So um, um, yeah, working with others is so important, both public and, and uh, statutory, and and the, the 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 third sector, both both military and uh, and other third sector other charities. Um, but we couldn't do it without them, and and indeed. Some of the events that people so support 65 degrees north, the warrior program, um, the uh, um, Israeli games that w that we've we've sent people on before, and I, I, I know you, you've seen the, the amazing uh, work that's done there. Invictus games. So mm -hmm. we, we might not be actually delivering the 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 service, but what we might be doing is supporting some of the the financial support to make that happen. Or, or, or just the signpost, just the, the warm handover to, to, to get them on the event or get them to the, um, to, 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 to the kind of uh, challenging activity or challenging adventure. Now, when we say this, this just popped into my head now, and this is really for my education, but I'm sure it's going to help other people. One, when you say welfare, 
the immediate things that that jump to my mind are uh, if I'm struggling with my mental health, if I have financial difficulties, if I maybe have um, alcohol problems. But I know it goes a lot deeper than that. And there's probably a lot of things that you do in your team that aren't immediately uh, apparent to, to people that don't know the system and, and the job. Yeah. So just very briefly, can you just give us a one end of the spectrum to the other of, of what it is that you and the team deal with on a daily basis? Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it's, it's as, as broad as it is long, if, if I'm mm. completely honest. Uh, but what, what we do is we, we base we base our assessment on a hard facts assessment. So, so um, and I'll ex explain what that, that stands for. So we look at the H is health and stress. So we carry out an assessment of what any needs might, might be within there, uh, what the accommodation needs might be. So if we've got someone transitioning from service who uh, we were dealing with one fairly recently, who, who was being administratively discharged from service and had nowhere to go, nowhere to go and live. Um, so uh, Jim uh, liaised with Hague Homes and other veteran organisations and we were able to get um, some trans transitional accommodation for, 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 for this former former booty. Um, and he's doing really quite well now, actually, and that's, that's his stepping stone to the next area. Um, relocation. Um, uh, so there's been a couple of individuals that have, have left the Royal Marines. Um, perhaps they had... Uh, joined up from uh, an example would be South Africa actually, uh, where we've supported a couple of families uh, relocate back to South Africa because their their holistic support that they were going to get there was better for them mm -hmm. uh, from our assessment than, than it was going to be back in the UK, uh, and that was someone who was suffering with some enduring mental health problems. So we we were able to fund getting the whole family uh, back out there, and again do, doing really well now. Drugs and alcohol, I mentioned Pam's role. So um, the, the, the D of hard facts that stands for drugs and alcohol. Um, uh, we, we'll, we'll look at other services that might be able to support things like Ad Action, NHS support, um, uh, other charities that might, might be supporting um, uh, 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 any kind of dependency issues. Uh, finance, of course, um, actually, uh, and that's, um, always something that, that we're able to try and support with. Uh, sometimes it's about referral to debt agencies. Mm. Um, uh, so there's an agency called Sale that we use, which is uh, particularly a naval service debt, debt agency. Absolutely fantastic organisation that are able to really look at where the, the root of the problem is within, within the debt and the finances and begin to deal with that because ignoring it is, is, is no help really. So um, uh, definitely in that area, we can support. Um, the A of hard facts stands for attitude. Um, and that's about us being able to understand the, the strengths that, that an individual might already have, but they might not know about them. So we, we kind of need to get under their skin a bit and understand how they can help themselves. Um, uh, what, what, what's called self-actualize, really, the ability to kind of turn their life around. They've got to want to do it themselves. And, and sometimes, actually, we'll have people that, that don't have the A in the attitude and and actually they're saying, I really want help, but they're not really willing to lean into it themselves. And um, my experience is that never works, Mark. No. Uh, pe people have got to want to uh, want the help, but they've got to want to do some stuff themselves. So we've got one of our values in how we deliver our work as well as our professionalism and our agility is is empowerment we need to empower people to to find their own strengths and 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 find their own way in this too but we'll we'll help them with it too um children and family so we look at the wider piece and this goes back to becky's point uh, about harmonization so we'll work closely with other charities like the rmbt and the naval children's charity um and maybe share some of the the um the grant giving or the support giving that comes from them uh, so, uh, but children of the whole family is important. Uh, you know, show me somebody who presents with some problems uh, that doesn't have some associated social or economic issues that are going on that, that might need some help. So we need to understand that the bigger picture in that sense. Um, training and education, that, that's really um, Becky's, Becky's team's area and, and, and we'll work very closely with them to, 
to support any training needs or education needs they might have to to again better themselves to to, to get themselves out of what, whatever rut they might be in and and the final one the s1 goes back to the collaboration question you you asked of me earlier on it's the other agencies who else can can offer some support there are they getting their right benefits are they have they got the right armed forces compensation claim um uh, and the right tariff are they on the right pension um uh, have, are there local housing supporting them are the nhs supporting them properly if not perhaps i can lean in and go hang on a minute you should be why aren't you doing that so um yeah it, it really is the the whole gambit of of issues that might come across those those main areas really okay that the question. i'm not sure that answered the question maybe no it, it did it's just that you know when you say the term i think within the court it's probably changed a lot now since since i left but you know if you went to anyone anywhere and they knew you went to welfare it was oh here comes the welfare case yeah. and you just thought it was when they had big problems and also i think a lot of people thought it's just about the lads but you just start talking about families there as well you know because yeah. you provide services for families we're an extended family yeah and you know wives children immediate family the support's there for them too which i think is is really important but um yeah, I just want to talk a little bit about the, those other areas that are probably lesser known in welfare that you can help with, just to highlight the people that are listening. That was all. Yeah, no, and and but your point points well made about the stigma of the word welfare, Mark. Um, but but I don't know that there's another word that's out there. It you know it it, it says it says what it is sometimes actually, and that's quite. Uh, but it is broad. You know, well welfare support is is broad, and that's why I I kind of. So my position director of welfare but i head up the health and well-being team um so it, it it sort of makes sense though so this is going to segue perfectly into what i wanted to talk about next when you when we use the word stigma and that is the the help seeking behaviors that we talked about offline you know yes. i'm not going to talk anything you you talk about that because and i i, I will do my best to back you up because i think it's so important yeah um thanks mark so I think one of the things that, that that makes us good bootnecks is that is that we just crack on. You know, we from from day one in training, it's the uh, never give up. You know, resilience. Uh, um, just just get on with it. Um, try not to drip. Although you wouldn't be a bootneck if you didn't drip, would you? <laughs> yeah. uh, but but you know what I mean. There is this real mentality that that you know, we're, we're we're strong, powerful, capable. Um, young men and women, uh, uh, and, and just just crack on. So there's a bit of a mixed message there, um, saying that you know if I'm struggling, I shouldn't I shouldn't ask for help. Mm. Um, so I, I I worry that the, the the bit that makes us really good Royal Marines also makes us not very good at asking for help when we need it, um, and that's both in in welfare terms, I suppose, uh, but particularly in in mental health terms. Um, and, and it's strange because you, 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 again, you think about training and what we're all about. We're all about buddy, buddy and yeah, supporting exactly. each other. Um, you know, we were the first people to, 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 to bring in TRIM, which is the trauma resilience, uh, tra trauma risk information management, that, that initial assessment about, about mental health and support. Um, but there's something innate about Royal Marines, particularly around a mental health world that, that, makes it quite hard for them to stick around that. So I'm doing a bit of a campaign to to kind of um, destigmatize asking for help um, and, and promote um, it, it, it. Actually, I'm trying to advocate that it's a strength to, to ask for help. Uh, if anything, it, it's it takes a stronger Marine, a better Marine, a more uh, a Marine that's more in touch with it, with, with his brain and his mind and his heart um, that asks for help than one who who just buries it um, and 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 doesn't kind of seek that sort of support. So I don't know if that resonates with with you, Mark. Absolutely, hundred percent. And and I've never had any shame ever when I when I get asked about these kind of things, admitting it that you know in the beginning I will say yes, it was difficult, but you know I have picked up the phone and reached out when I've needed that help because from my point of view, oh, and also. A lot of my friends who are much more established, you know, as Royal Marines and as men than I am, have also done the same. 
and um, you know the, the results speak for themselves. But you know, you said earlier about it takes a stronger person, you know, to reach out and to ask, and I absolutely agree with that. You know, because in in my opinion, strength is doing the things that you don't want to do, doing the things you're afraid of doing, doing the things that are hard, right? And picking up the phone is hard. Yeah. And that's what makes it the right thing to do. Anything in life, if you look at it and you think, oh, that's that's pretty difficult. That's when you know you have to do it, you know? And it, and it makes a, a huge difference. And if I can help in any way to, to destigmatize this, to, to run this campaign and, and say, look, it's okay to, to reach out, then I absolutely will because there's nothing worse than seeing one of your uppers suffering, especially yeah. when you know that the help's out there from and that they can get the help. And if I can give any advice on this subject, if you if you don't think it's the right thing to do, or if you're struggling, make it about more than you. You know, if you've got a family, look at your wife, look at your kids, look at your mum, look at your dad, look at your sister, look at your oppos. Is what's affecting you affecting them? And if it is, is that fair? Yeah. You know, and if that is what it takes to drive you to pick the phone up, making it about other people, making it about more than you, then absolutely use that as the reason. Pick the phone up and, and get the help because it is there. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good 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 point, Mark. Is is you know think about others. Don't don't be selfish in in your help seeking. Actually, um, and and sometimes uh, the earlier you you ask for help the easier it is to support. You know, sometimes actually just just speaking to an oppo uh, can be enough to go, and then your oppo goes, do you know what, mate, I know how you feel, and I, I was quite similar um, um, two years ago, and I and I did this and that, I spoke to my family, spoke to my friends, actually I did end up going to see the doctor, the doctor was really good, really supportive, but you know what, after that I was fine. Um, so it kind of, uh, there's levels of support, and, and the ones that really worry me, Mark, are those that kind of just don't do those early interventions, don't speak to their oppos, don't speak to their family, don't go to the doctor in the first instance, and just it bubbles and bubbles and bubbles. And and there is only there's only so much our our, our bodies, our minds as a as a pressure cooker can take uh, without that 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 little bit of a release. Um, so uh, that's why the the, the, the campaign it, it's called lifting the lid. So I'm kind of doing the proverbial lifting the lid off the problem yeah. and of course the good old uh, green lid or blue lid actually because uh, you know i don't want to uh, miss out our, our, our romans band service um but, but it's about kind of just being able to take your very off and open up and, and and ask for help and that be a strength rather than a weakness and i'm trying to link that to the to the mindset as well so um uh, the first to adapt and understand it's it's that kind of um the ability to re recognizing uh, the strength that comes with um, uh, ask, asking for help. So um, hopefully it's going to be launched fairly soon. Uh, um, yeah, well, I want uh, I want it to be quite a dynamic campaign. So we're going to have some stuff on social media, some films made. Um, I'm particularly leading this into World Suicide Prevention Day, which is on the 10th of September uh, this year. Um, initially, when I had this planned, it was pre-COVID, um, and, and I was going to launch a little bit earlier, and we were going to do a, a, a kind of big day at the Resilience Centre on the 10th of September, just before the core family weekend, uh, and I was going to get kind of the ministers, CG was coming down, core RSM, and we were going to properly ram the message that, you know, it takes a stronger bootneck to, to, to ask for help than, than not. Um, and and really kind of delve into to what what suicidal ideation is and 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 how we can support it and and that there is support out there there is help out there um, and I've done that in collaboration with the NHS um, uh, defence medical services and also the Samaritans uh, who have a, um, a, a, a an armed forces arm now um, and they've done some really great work in in um, uh, in producing some information for for units to use uh, ar around um, healthy conversations with people that might be might be struggling with with mental Ill health, um, so they're in on it as well. So uh, yeah, it's kind of got the backing of of the right people um, because it is a sensitive area 
uh, and we need to be make sure that we can um, respond properly to, to to people when they present um, if they present uh, because again I, I want people to present early going to their doctor going speak to their families and uh, the earlier they start to deal with it the more likely they'll have a positive outcome so lads and ladies yeah it from a a recipient of welfare support and from a facilitator and provider of welfare support you know pick up the phone and pick it up early because the support is there and it takes real strength to to do that and to get the help that you need now you said covid just now yeah the word that's been floating around since the beginning of the year how is how has that affected what it is that you and the team do because i imagine you know, obviously we're good at improvise, adapt and overcome. Uh, the whole country has to do that right now, but I imagine it's had quite an impact on what you do. And also, I'd love to get your thoughts on the impact in the future when things start to go back to normal. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I haven't got crystal ball about the, the, the future one, but I've, I've maybe got a, a few ideas about it. I've I've been so impressed with my team and, and the whole charity, actually, how we... How we have reacted to um, the, the COVID crisis. Um, the, to begin with, it was really tough. Um, we, we've gone onto a new um, telephone system, an IT system that was a lot of pain about six, eight months ago. That many of us, you included, Mark, were, mm -hmm. uh, were, were dripping like a tap about, and, and it was really tough to get our heads around. Um, but, but you know, thank heavens we, we've got it because actually that's really helped us deliver. Um, what what we what we have done uh, over the last months, we haven't been able to do face to face, but we've reacted to that. The support network have been great in the telephone support. The RMAs, I, I have to say, big big shout out to the the, the wider Royal Marines Associations um, uh, and and the ops managers, uh, uh, Phil, Phil and and Richie, who have done such a fab job uh, getting round our core family, particularly those that are most vulnerable and isolated, uh, and supporting them. And, and we've pretty much reacted um, uh, in in uh, almost seamlessly. Actually, it, it doesn't feel that we we haven't been in office. Um, the only bit that I've really missed is the support, the direct support I've been able to give to my team, because sometimes the work that they deal with is really quite um, uh, challenging and emotionally challenging, and that that needs kind of managerial support and supervisory support around that. So we haven't been able to do that as well as I would have liked. That's the bit that's really missing. But but I would like to think our beneficiaries out there um, um, haven't really seen much of a difference. The mental health delivery has been all done electronically. So our, our I, I talked about the veterans referral plan. Um, our um, psychotherapists that are out there delivering that support have had to do that all online now. Um, and some of our, our kind of what they would call patients, I would call beneficiaries, who who have used the service, actually, have, have, some of them have turned around and said they prefer it. It's they're in their own home. Okay. Uh, it's 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 much more responsive for them. They're able to kind of maybe have, even have more sessions than they were previously. Um, others have decided that it wasn't for them, and they'll pick up treatment when we come out of COVID. So that's probably one of the things that I'm expecting coming out. Um, but there's also a bit, a bit about the um, even those that were really struggling. Sometimes when you're in a bit of a crisis, there's a there's a right there's a proper bootleg mentality that goes when you switch your operational head on almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, people probably help me hate me saying this, but I used to deal with more welfare problems, welfare challenges when 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 it was non-operational. So. Mm -hmm you know, mountain training or general field work or, or whatever, okay. I was dealing with more problems then. When it was operational, everyone kind of switches, do you know what, there's people worse off than me, I, I need to kind of knuckle down. And and I think there's a bit of that around around this COVID time, so I, I, I've really seen that. Um, but therefore, I think at the end of all this, we, we will see begin to come out and say, do you know what, financially I'm really struggling, mm. job, I was furloughed for that period of time, but you know, now reorgs and I have, I have jobs to go back to, so Becky's team will be busy, my team will be busy from a grant benevolence um, uh, and general support, uh, and I do think we will see 
um, some more mental health issues that will come out of this. Um, but, but that's no bad thing. Again, go back to lifting the lid. It's good to ask for help and get that support early, and and hopefully we can we can wrap our arms around people and make sure that those, those that really need it are getting support. So that's kind of what what I think will be happening in the future. But it's a, a, it's a difficult time for us as a charity too, um, because we've been unable to fundraise um, as we would normally do during during this period. So um, uh, again, you know, big thumbs up to, to those that are, um, the Heroes at Home campaign that's been, been run. I, I think some of, some of the money that's been raised by our core family out there, recognising that we're not getting the streams of money or the, the, the funding streams that we would normally get, like our big Guildhall dinner and things like that. We're just not able to do a mark. And, that, and that's big money that normally comes our way. So these individual uh, fundraising events that people have done across our family have been fantastic um but but we we genuinely need more if, we, if we're going to continue to do all the good things that i've talked about previously um we, we we just need the funding to be able to continue to do that it's so important and i think the need is, is only going to get greater yeah i think um when things go back to normal uh, I'm gonna have to dust off the handbike and uh, figure out some sort of crazy charity event to do because you know like you said we, we have taken a big hit and you know all this welfare work for it to be delivered that there's a cost to some of it so we need to keep those coffers topped up keep that money coming in but the, the core family have been unbelievable yeah uh, during this but that the heroes from home campaign has I think just reached 75,000 pounds which yeah. is immense, really. Yeah. It was something that was just started off the back of a fag packet, as they normally are, and everyone fell in love with it. And and I think they loved the distraction and and the the sense of purpose it gave them to get up and do a bit of fizz every day to undertake these RM themed challenges. You know, Phil Gilby's been unbelievable um, yeah. of what he's done. He's driven that and and done a phenomenal job of that. Can't um, at the moment, though, have you seen that? I'm sorry. He can't walk at the moment, though. Have you seen that? He's hobbles everywhere. Oh, is he? He's really sore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's been phenomenal, and, and that is to me, that's that's what the core family's about. You know, we kind of put a shout out, and we said, look, we need help from you guys, and everyone responded. And yeah. so, you know, if you can look at it from another point of view, when those guys that need your help do that same thing and say, look, I need your help. You guys do the exact same thing. That's what we're about. It's, it's support. It's core family. It's uh, everyone knows it. Everyone that's ever won a green lid knows that that's what we're all about. So, um, Danny, for, for what it's worth, you know, you and your team and, you know, they're phenomenal. Um, and I see it firsthand being inside the wire, uh, what you do. And as a recipient, it, it's phenomenal. It's brilliant. Um, no one does it better. Now, I think I've covered everything that I wanted to talk about. So before we wrap up, is, is there anything, any important messages that you want to get across? Um, I suppose th three. Help, help seeking, primarily. You know, if you're, if you're out there, you're struggling and you want support, call us. And the, the, the number to call us on, anybody can remember this one now, 0800 number 468. 1664 recently launched for us um 0800 468 1664 uh, what better number for us as a as a core family to have absolutely uh, so yeah you know please come to us and if we're not the people who might be able to help you we'll we'll, we'll be able to signpost you or guide you or support you where, where that help might come from um it would be wrong for me to to not say about the fundraising again because i think that is so important um you know for us to, for my team to continue to do the important work that they're doing, that that you know supports the most vulnerable in in our core family, uh, then then we need the funding to do that too. So you know anything people can do to try and support that will will, will always be appreciated, uh, and just know that it it goes to such a great cause as, as our core family and our veterans, uh, who who did who deserve it so much. Um, and do you know the, the last thing I'd like to say, and if I, I'll, I'll just reiterate what you said, really, is uh, my phenomenal team. Actually, I would just like to have a massive shout out to them. Um, 
the whole charity, of course, but if I can particularly say about my health and wellbeing team, they they just adjusted and adapted to to this particular time so well. But they they're just passionate about their work, they're passionate about the core, and and they're professional in how they undertake it. So uh, a big uh, bravo Zulu out for them wouldn't be a bad ending for me, mate. Well, I am going to reach out to other members of your team. I, I have already recorded a podcast with Pam and a podcast with Jim, which I will share again on our social media for those that need to hear it. I'll reach out to other members. We'll record some podcasts and we'll really drill down into what it is they do. But for now, Danny, thank you again for your time this morning. It's been really insightful for me and I'm sure for the listeners. Um, thank you for letting us know what you do. Thank you for spreading the message and, and thank you for everything that you do for the core family, both serving and retired. Yeah, well, no, th thanks, buddy. I, I have to say, in all honesty, it's it's an honour to be able to do it. Uh, it, it. It's fab. I'm very privileged to be able to support people um, in, in the way that we do uh, with, with our charities. Thanks, mate. Thank you, Danny. Cheers. Folks, we touched on it in that episode, but if I can reiterate, and leave you all with one message from my chat with Danny. It's that if you need help and you need support, don't be afraid to pick up the phone. And that goes for all members of the core family. It's not just serving Royal Marines. It's not just retired Royal Marines. It's members of the Royal Marines Band, members of the Royal Marines Reserve, wives of Royal Marines, anyone in their direct family of a serving or retired Royal Marine, we exist and Danny's team exists to help and support the entire Royal Marines wider core family. And I've got no shame in admitting and I do this constantly because I'm hoping that it will help people that are maybe hesitant about picking up the phone. I've got no shame in admitting that I've done this on numerous occasions. I'm big enough and ugly enough to know that when I need help, it's there. And not only for my own sake, but for the sake of my family, that if I can get that help and support, it's going to help everyone. So guys, we are going to talk with other members of Danny's team. We are going to get specific about what it is each member of that team does. So hopefully we can inform and educate. But for now, that's it. Thank you as always for your support in spreading the word about the podcast. I'll see you in the next episode.